hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Overcoming temptation. Overcoming temptation. The struggle, the struggle of temptation. Overcoming temptation is one of the hardest, the hardest, if not the hardest, challenge in our Christian journey, in our Christian journey. Overcoming temptation will either lead us into that next phase of this Christian journey, or if we don't do so, where it may hinder us from that next phase of this Christian journey. But we know for sure it is something that the Christian must overcome. It's not a if. <laughs> it's not a if. It's a must. It's a must. Success in the world is, is, is judged by how much money we have in our bank accounts, or our cars, our, our homes, even the friends that we have. But success for a Christian often means growing closer to God. What a contrast, right? Success for us as Christians is not the big house, not the, the fancy cars, it's not the amount of money we have in our bank account. <laughs> but it's the, it's the closest with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know that some church don't want to see you succeed. Some don't want to see that close relationship with God. Only because they know what is produced out of that relationship. They know that there's strength that comes out of that relationship. There's power that comes out of that relationship. There's wisdom, hallelujah, that comes out of that relationship. And some people don't want you to receive those, those blessings that God has for you. Satan and his evil forces. But that success for us as Christians, church, is based on that relationship with God through Christ. So we don't worry about a lot of other things in life. Jesus is all we need, as the song said. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to achieving our Christian goals in this life. And yes, if, if you consider yourself as a Christian, there, be, there should be some, some goals, some spiritual goals that you should uh, be trying to obtain in this life. Paul told the Ephesians that the Christian goal should be obtaining the whole measure, the whole measure of Christ, constantly growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Growing in righteousness, in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Growing in, in spiritual maturity in our faith. Growing in, in peace. Growing in love, in godliness, in holiness. And ultimately, 
we know that God's goal for each of us is to, is to, is to transform us into the likeness of his son, Jesus. And if we grow in these qualities, church, we will be doing just that. Just that. In, in, in Christ, we have a new identity. We even have a new purpose for living. A new purpose for living in Christ. The old way of living is out of the door. In Christ, we have a pickup, a new purpose for living. And there are those that don't want you to know that. To know that. They don't want you to change. They don't want you to know that you don't have to give in to the ungodliness of this world. You don't. You don't. And many won't tell you that. But that's what will happen as we daily grow closer and closer to God, which will bring about success in our Christian life. You want success in this life, as, in this Christian journey? Day in and day out, grow closer and closer to God. But a key aspect in this pursuit, church, of getting closer to God is our fight against temptation. Just like the trials and the tests, we are tempted at every corner of our life as we walk this journey. The fight is not temptation itself. It is not our desires itself. We will forever be tempted, and we will always have desires. The fight is doing our best not to give in to them. Because when we give in, church, then it becomes sin. Then it becomes sin. This quote that I came across says this. Most people want to be delivered from temptation, but would like to keep in touch. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Most people want to be delivered, but would like to keep in touch. <laughs> it's like this. We know that it's not good for us, but we won't separate ourselves from it. <laughs> I read somewhere where someone described the act of resisting temptation as tug-of-war. As tug-of-war. We remember those days of tug-of-war. As kids, we must do our best not to get pulled across that line. <laughs> but if we're honest, part of us want to get pulled across that line. Part of us want to be overtaken by temptation. Part of us want to commit that sin. That is why many people stay in touch with the things that they, they know influence them to do wrong. See, our flesh wants to cross that line. Our flesh wants to cross that line. See, Sin is exciting to the flesh. 
Sin is exciting to the flesh. When, when people say, uh, you know, my former days was my best days. Oh, I had so much fun. So much fun. Yes. Those days before Christ that you lived for the flesh. You did anything you wanted. The flesh was happy. It was happy. It was exciting. It was fun to the flesh. It was fun. That's the flesh. <laughs> you had a blast in the flesh because you was just living for the flesh. And that's what the flesh wanted. <laughs> the flesh was happy. But now being sober-minded in the spirit, you realize that those wasn't your best days. Those was your foolish days. Your foolish days. See, when we are tempted to sin, our conscience, where God has placed his, his spirit, uh, would tell us the right thing to do. See, it tugs at us. It tugs at us. We can't do but, but when we are under Christ, we can't do but so much wrong. The Spirit tugs at us. It tugs at us. That's the love of God. That tug is the love of God. But sometimes we want to do a bad thing. <laughs> and we have to resist it. We have to resist it. We have to tug harder and we have to tug harder, church, to stay out of temptation so we don't do the wrong thing, church. See, see, we can't afford to get pulled across that line. <laughs> you remember when we was in kids and we were playing? If you get pulled across that line, you're in trouble. You, you might get hurt by your own team. <laughs> see, we... We can't afford in this day and time to get pulled across that line. See, see, many people, church, to get pulled across that line, it's a matter of life and death, physically and spiritually. It also, it also can take down a whole family. Not only the person who get pulled across that line, but their marriages, their, their home, their children, their whole family circle. It could be detrimental to them. Giving in to temptation. So the obvious is this. The obvious is that we will not make it as Christians, if we can't overcome temptation. We can't make it on this journey if we can't overcome temptation. Now, this is something I had to learn. We can't make it in this journey if we can't overcome temptation. You will be tempted. Tempted. Temptation is this. Anything that influences you to disobey God. Anything that influences you 
to disobey God. I know your minds are going right now, right? <laughs> Let me cut that out, that out, that out. <laughs> Anything that influences you to disobey God. And sadly, you got to cut some people out, right? <laughs> yeah. See, our very own flesh will influence us. Satan will influence us. People and things will influence us, but that don't make it sin. That don't make it sin. Your flesh can try to make you do what it wants you to do. Satan can try to make you do what he wants you to do, but you don't have to do it. But if you succumb to the temptation or pressure of doing something that you want to do or something that someone else wants you to do, and you know it's wrong in the sight of God, then it becomes sin. Then it becomes sin. See, whew. see, as Christians, we measure, and make sure you do this, we measure our right and wrong by God's standards. Not our standards, and definitely not the world's standards. Measure your right and wrong by God's standards. Live some high standards. But God is just and God is fair. It's not nothing more than we can actually do. Okay? Any situation you face in life will either promote your growth or promote your destruction, church. Promote your growth or promote your very destruction. And we could say the same thing for the people in our lives. Either people will promote uh, your, your spiritual growth or people will uh, promote your destruction in your spiritual growth. Promote your faith or, or encourage you in your faith or what? Discourage you in your faith. If you fellowship with like-minded people of, of Christ and, 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 and live to to be guided by the Holy Spirit, by the guidelines of, of, of God's word outlined in the Bible, then you will be promoting your growth, church. But if you decide to go your own way in life, ignore the things of God, do what your flesh want to do and, and hang around with people that don't want nothing to do with getting to know Jesus, then you will be most likely promoting your own destruction. And the determining factor in that is what you decide to do within your own heart. In your own heart. See, if you, if you obey God, if you want to obey God, and, 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 and you decide in your heart that you want to follow God, you want to get close to God, then, you know, you go God's way. But in your heart, if you rebel against God, you don't want to get close to God, and you run away from God. You run away from God. We as Christians give in to temptation, give in to temptation to sin against God. It's not because God's power and provision is not enough for us. It's more than enough for us church more than enough see we give in 
because we fail to rely on the Holy Spirit's power to help us resist our own ungodly desires. A lot of times we don't have nobody else to blame. We follow our own ungodly desires. To overcome temptation, church, we must recognize, recognize its source. Recognize its source in your life. We talked last week about who and, and what is trying to pull us away from our faith. What people, what things, what, what circumstances or situations in your life that is trying to take your focus away from God. Also away from God's word. We must recognize those things and we must call those things out, church. We must call them out. See, recognize the things that has, has stopped your spiritual growth. That has hindered your spiritual growth. Recognize them and call them out. What is stopping you from being closer to God in that, in that intimate relationship? Call it out. Because whatever they are, the people, the places, the things, the situations, even the events, church, you must separate yourself from them. That's part of overcoming temptation. You must separate yourself from them. Not forever. Not forever. But until you grow strong enough in your faith that temptation doesn't cause you to sin, see, you may have to, you may desire to be close to God. But there's something or someone in your life that is influencing you not to answer the call of God. What in your life is making you say no to God? Who in your life is making you say no to God? See, you separate yourselves from those things because you are not strong enough in your faith to say no. You're not strong enough in your faith to say no. You must recognize what those things are so that you can learn to overcome them in this Christian journey. Recognize to overcome in this Christian journey. When I, when I struggled with drinking, I had to isolate myself. I had to isolate myself. I had to isolate myself from it and, and, and wherever it was and whoever was doing it. I had to stay in the house. I had to stay on the porch, as they say. <laughs> I couldn't go play no more. <laughs> You know, until I was strong enough to come back around without giving in to the pull of that temptation. That temptation is strong, church. It's strong. Strong. Mm. What in your life is influencing you to say no to God? To say no to the things of God. The things of God that he's laid out for your Spiritual growth. 
the things that God that he's laid out for you to have a front row seat in heaven. You have people turning their backs on that. Say no to God and yes to the wickedness of this world. Now, there's no judgment because we all been there, right? We all been there. But as we live, we learn and we grow. And we only know these things by the word of God through the Holy Spirit. That's why we know it. And anyone who desires to know it, they will know it too if they do the same thing. Commit to that relationship with Christ. See, when I was just coming to church, I was just coming to church. Sunday mornings was a struggle for me. <laughs> I'll be laying there and, and, and a voice over here say, you don't have to go to church today. And a voice over here and say, yes, you do. You're a member of that church. Your wife is in that church. You got, you're going to church. See, I had a voice telling, pulling me away from God and a voice pulling me to God. Now, the first sin was what? The sin of disobedience. The sin of disobedience. How, may, how often do you grieve the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of God speaking to you. We look at that as a minor sin, but that is the biggest sin. That is the sin while we're in this mess today with this flesh. The sin of disobedience. Of disobedience. A lot of people think that because they're in sin, they can't come to know the Lord. But that's backwards. That's backwards. That's the only way he's going to help you out of your sin. If you come to him. See, we think these big sins, oh, I got drunk, I'm the world's worst person. No, all it takes is a little lie. A little lie without repentance. Without repentance. How many times do we grieve the Holy Spirit without repentance? And we pass it off without repentance. Ignore God's call and say, well, I ain't going today, God. I'm not doing that today, God. And just go on about our merry way. Without repentance. Without repentance. 2 Timothy tells us this. He says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Do not be tempted to return to your youthful passions as many are in the habit of doing. They say the new, they say the new 50 and 60 is the new 20 and 30. <laughs> and, and, and some try to live up to it, right? But they try to live up to it in the wrong way. In the wrong way. <laughs> Flee youthful passions. You are beyond those things now. You are beyond those things now, Christians. The name Christians take the place of those youthful passions, church. 
pursue the righteousness, the faith, the love, and the peace that you see from other elders and, and other uh, faithful believers in Christ. See, our choice is to give in to temptation, church. It tells us that we have a serious problem. We have a serious heart problem. A serious heart problem. Something is wrong with our hearts. Something or someone is pulling our hearts away from God. Away from God. See, if we can be influenced to go against God, to disobey God, then our hearts are not really for God. Are not really for God. That's just the hard truth, church. I don't care how much that we say we love God. If we love God, there should not be any influence, any temptation that should be able to get us to go against God and his word. None. None. That's the commitment, church. That's what we signed up for. We're not just saved just to be saved. It's commitment, it's dedication to our faith in Christ. We don't let nothing take us away from that faith. Nothing. Nothing. Don't we know our lives depend on it? Yes, we have grace. Yes, he blesses us with his grace to live another day after we sin. But you remember in the Old Testament, it wasn't always like that. You sin, you die. God did not play those games. And here he's blessed us with Christ and, and, and grace, and we take advantage of it. We misuse it. Thing about it, don't ever forget that we all have to answer. We all have to answer. That is why it's important that 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 God's word stays seated in our hearts. That God's word stays seated in your hearts, because meditating on God's word is one of the ways that we overcome temptation. I overcame temptation in a couple of ways. And one of the ways I overcame it to my struggle was when I read God's word, I kept it right here. I kept it right here. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour. See, the devil was seeking to devour me, to tear me apart. God's word saved me. God's word saved me. Because I knew if I was not sober-minded, if I was not sober-minded, Satan and my flesh, my very own flesh, will have his way with me, will have his way with me. Temptation will have its way with me. And see, this, this, this scripture helps me right now today to stay sober-minded, sober-minded. See, it's hard to trick someone who's sober-minded. 
It's hard to fool someone who's sober-minded, church. And I know we struggle with all different kinds of, of, of temptation, some big, some small, but when we give in, it's all sin. If it takes us away from God, it's all sin. If God say don't do it, and we do it, it's sin. If God said do it, and we don't do it, it's sin. It's sin. What is God telling you? What is God telling you to do? That voice, that correct voice, that's, what is it telling you to do? What is that voice telling you, church, not to do? Not to do. Not to do. When we ignore that voice, it's sin. When we ignore that voice, it's sin. And I'm going to say this, that just because we repent of it and do it again, that don't make it right. You know, we, we sometimes quick to, to do something knowing that we have repentance to cover us. I've been there, been there. Used and abused repentance. But it was never true repentance. Never true repentance. I thought I could fool God in my repentance. Yes, God, I repent today. Today. But tomorrow I'm right back at it. Repenting again. Repenting again. Meditate on God's word. God's word will help you in your struggle with temptation. God's word. Find out what you're struggling with, and I guarantee you, God's word covers it. It will cover it. Meditate on God's word. John 14, 23. Jesus replied this. Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. Now, why would Jesus want us to obey his teachings? Has to be for our good, right? Has to be for our good. Those who truly love Jesus and obey his words will experience the love of, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in such a way that the pull of temptation will have no effect on them. None. None. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's love that is, that is immersed in you, temptation don't have a chance in your life. Don't have a chance. John 14, 24. Anyone who does not love me, Jesus says, will not obey my commands. Those who do not obey the Lord's teachings do not truly love the Lord. And they will have no defense, no defense against temptation. None. Temptation will have its way with the one who do not obey or love the Lord Jesus Christ. Temptation will have his way, and the way of temptation is destruction and death. Destruction and death. The word of God is important. It's important. It's what we stand on. What or who is stealing God's word from your heart? What or who is stealing God's word from your heart? Because you hear God's word 
almost daily. And yet, yet we struggle, right? Yet we struggle. Who's reaching in that heart and pulling God's word out? Who's what are you replacing God's word with? When we walk in disobedience to God and we walk in sin, we're replacing God's word with something. Or we keeping a deaf ear to it. Something. Again, we will not make it as Christians if we don't learn to overcome temptation. Temptation. In the parable of the soil, Jesus speaks about people who realize that they need the Lord's forgiveness, but they never really accept Jesus as Lord over their lives. And they never become part of his true church. Then others who do accept Christ, they never allow the Holy Spirit to become, uh, to transform them in their lives. And they never become part of Christ's true church. And as a result, their commitment to Jesus and his word never becomes strong enough for them to overcome the trials, the tribulations, and the temptations of this life. They fail to separate themselves from the ungodly behaviors, ungodly attitudes, and ungodly lifestyles of this world. So I want us to read through Luke 8, starting at verse 5. The sower, church, the sower, God's word planted within our hearts. Luke 8 says this, 5 and 6. A sower went out to sow his seed, and, and, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell along thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into the, the, the good soil, excuse me, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, Jesus speaking, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then in verses 11 through 15, Jesus gives the meaning of the parable. He says this. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Some think they are Christians, but in life speak a whole nother language. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. 
but those have no roots. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked. The word of God is choked out of them by life worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed, hallelujah, but the seed on good soul stand for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, hallelujah, retains the word, and by persevering produce a crop. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. See, church, we should always ask ourselves, what is happening in my life? Pause. Ask yourselves, what is happening in my life? Am I, am I getting more and more caught up? Caught up in the temporary earthly things and concerns of this world? Am I allowing myself to, to be tempted to go against my faith? Or do God's eternal word and purposes take priority in my life? That is the question we must all answer within our own hearts if we want to overcome temptation to sin. Temptation to go against God. Again, we come into God's house week in and week out, church, receiving his word. All across the world, receiving his word. Churches are filled. And we are fine as long as we're in his house. But so many Christians struggle outside the doors of the church. And you wonder, why is that? Why? Who or what is, is stealing God's word from the hearts? From the hearts. Mm. Jesus gave us the perfect example of what to do when temptation comes again. And I want us to close with this. Matthew 4. Matthew 4. We remember how the Lord Jesus fought the temptation of Satan. How did he fight that temptation of Satan? By repeatedly quoting scripture that he had seated in his heart. That he had seated in his heart. Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up right after that baptism. Hallelujah. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus answered. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word 
every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know Satan didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He kept on trying to tempt Jesus. And Jesus kept on repeating the word of God. Hallelujah. He kept on repeating the word of God. Jesus held fast to the word of God in his time of temptation. The word of God was seated in his heart. In his heart. And this is what happened. When that word of God gets seated in the Christian heart, ain't a devil in hell that can touch you. And this is what happened. This is what happened when we fight with the word of God, church. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Glory. Hallelujah. It is written that we shall not give in to temptation to sin against God. It is written that we shall not serve the pulling of temptation to sin against God. It is written that we shall only worship and serve the Lord our God. We do not serve temptation. We do not serve the flesh. We do not worship temptation. We do not worship the flesh. Let it go. Pick up the word of God. Jesus hadn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus may have been weak. Jesus may have been tired. Jesus may have been weary, but Jesus did not give in to temptation. He did not. At his weakest, he didn't give in, church. At his weakest. And what happened? The devil left. <laughs> The devil left. Jesus didn't have to lift a finger. He fought with the word of God. He stood on the word of God and the devil left him. Left him alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the word fight your battles. Let the word fight your battles. Let the word manifest in your life. Let the Holy Spirit wash you with the word and change your whole life. No one will be able to accuse you. <laughs> they will be put to shame for accusing you. Let the word wash you. How did Jesus defeat Satan in temptation? How will you defeat uh, strongholds in temptation? With the word of God. I urge you, church, I urge you this morning that whatever the struggle is in your life, Whatever, whatever tempts you, whatever tempts you to stay away from God, to stay away from the things of God, to not spend that time with God, call it out. Call it out. Confess it to God. Call it out in the atmosphere. Call it out. Tell God you need help from him. See, Another way I overcame temptation right quick is, is, is through prayer. 
I, I, I called it out to God, and I told, God, I told the Lord that I need help. I can't do it on my own. And I held myself accountable to what I asked Jesus to do. I said, Jesus, help me with this. I can't do it on my own. I don't want to do this. And so I held myself accountable to what I told Jesus. I didn't want to go back on my word to the Lord. How would that look? How can he help me in that situation? He can't. He will not. We have free will. But if we try our best to overcome it while we're praying for his help, oh, he is more than faithful. More than faithful, church. More than faithful. Allow that word to be seated in your heart. Whatever we're struggling with. Also, pass it on. Pass it on. You know someone who's struggling? Send them a scripture. Send them a scripture. Say, hey, meditate on this. Ask the Lord to help you with it. He's faithful. He's faithful. He will deliver them as he delivered you. We all have testimonies, right? All have testimonies of the goodness of God. Amen. And I'm going to start right here because we got more next week. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, say thank you, Father. We say thank you. Father, we understand and we know we come to know, God, to trust you, God, to trust your word, God, to trust your help, God. <laughs> My God, we lean on you, God, more and more, God. The more we lean on you, God, the more and more you show your faithfulness to us, God. Father, we ask, don't stop now. Continue showing your faithfulness to us, God. These are dark times and dark days that we live in, God. And we're going to lean on you even more now, God, because we want you more, God. We want more of you, more of your spirit, God, more of the things of you, more of your wisdom, more of your guidance, your understanding, God, more of your peace, God. We want more of your love to share with the world, God. Father, continue to guide our steps. Allow your word to be the lamp, hallelujah, to our feet, God. Keep us on a straight and narrow path. Though temptation may come at us with those fiery dots, God, shield us, hallelujah. Shield us in our weakness, God. We get weak and we get weary, God, and that's when we need your help, God. We need your shield of protection that you promised us, almighty God. Hallelujah. God, I ask you to bless this congregation, God. Bless their worship, God. I pray that their prayers be answered, God. Be heard and answered, God. I pray that if there's anyone that, that is praying for deliverance, God, I pray that you hear it and you deliver them, God. Father, we love you. We thank you, Father. And it's in your son, Jesus, that we get to come in and worship you. We get to praise you. Almighty God, hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said...